world is full of mysteries. And we're here to explore them all. Welcome to ABC Cryptozoology. ABC Cryptozoology. Welcome to ABC Cryptozoology, the show where we teach you the ABCs of cryptozoology. Today we are talking about the dingo neck, a really strange creature that comes from the eastern Africa. But on top of that, we'd like to also introduce our new bonus episodes, the Campfire Tales. For our first Campfire Tale, we will be talking about the Dyatlov Pass incident. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Dingo Neck is pretty light on information, so it felt like the perfect time to introduce our bonus episodes. And we figured the Dyatlov Pass incident would be the perfect first one. It's definitely one of the strangest stories out there, so it felt right to make it our first Campfire Tales episode. Our Campfire Tales episodes will be bonus episodes that show up occasionally when a letter might not have a cryptid associated with it, or the content's light, or we just want to take a break from cryptids to tell you about something else. So tonight, you're getting two episodes on the same day, uh, sort of. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, it's time for weird news. And some weird news we definitely have. We have a report of a giant owl-like creature spotted near a parking lot in, at O'Hare International Airport in Chicago. According to the witnesses, this large creature flew over their heads and landed by the edge of the parking lot. It looked like a pretty big bird, but when it stood up and the two witnesses estimated it to be close to seven feet tall. One of the witnesses screamed, and the creature turned around, and they could see large, glowing red eyes staring at them. It suddenly flew towards them, making a sound that was described as a bunch of little girls screaming at once. Speaking of screams... While this story isn't super recent, it has become relevant again, as other witnesses have come forward with their own stories. In the town of Rhinelander, Wisconsin, strange sounds seem to be keeping people awake. The first reports came out of Rhinelander around April 2nd of 2020, and I gotta say, the screams are real eerie. Well, someone who saw the videos came forward with their own stories that corroborate the original person's experience. I'm not going to play it on here due to explicit language in the videos, but you can definitely go check them out on our website uh, at abcryptoshow.com. Well, that's the weird news for this week. Uh, without out of the way, it's time for the cryptid. Season 1, Episode 4. D is for Dingo Neck. In the year 1910, a man named John Alfred Jordan, as well as the fellow members of his hunting party, reported seeing a creature unlike anything ever seen before. Spotted near Lake Victoria in eastern Africa, and documented by Edgar Beecher Bronson in his 1910 memoir, in closed territory. The creature was described as something with a, the head of a lioness, two long fangs, a back as broad as a hippo, and scaled like an armadillo. It was also apparently upwards to 15 feet long. We're going to read a few quotes from the memoir to give you the full idea of what this thing was like. These were quotes from John Alfred Jordan, the one who reported it. Holy saints! But he was a sight 14 or 15 feet long, head big as that of a lioness but shaped and marked like a leopard, two long white fangs sticking down straight out of his upper jaw, back broad as a hippo, scaled like an armadillo, but colored and marked like a leopard, and a broad fin tail with slow lazy swishes, of which he was easily holding himself level on the swift current, headed upstream. 
but he was a hideous old haunter of a nightmare, was that beastfish, that made you want an aeroplane to feel safe of him. For while he lay upstream of me, I had been brought down to the river bank precisely where he had taken water, and there all about me in the soft mud and loam were the imprints of feet wide of diameter as a hippo's, but clawed like a reptile's. Feet you knew could carry him ashore, and claws you could be bally well sure no man could ever get loose from once they had nipped him. According to Jordan, he fired a 303 round at the dingo neck, which he believed had hit it. This seemed to only anger the dingo neck, which sprang out of the water, making Jordan flee in terror. As he hid in the surrounding bush, he wondered how a 303 round wasn't able to stop the animal, as a round that size is usually enough to put down most things. Jordan at this point met up with the rest of his hunting party and asked them what they saw. According to Bronson, the rest of the party's descriptions were nearly identical to that of Jordan's. Bronson went on to describe that the locals worshipped a great water serpent that was seen around the lake, as they believed it was a sign of heavy crops and an increase in livestock. Bronson would end his memoir by stating that, Again in December, while dining with Senior Deputy Commissioner C.W. Hobley, CMG, at his residence in Nairobi, the very night before starting on the safari, and speaking of the origin of the sleeping sickness, Mr. Hobley told me that the Baganda, Wasoga, and Kavirondo of the north shore of the lake had from time immemorable sacrificed burnt offerings of cattle and sheep to a lake reptile of great size and terrible appearance they called Laquata, which occasionally appeared along or near the shore. That since the last coming of Laquata was just shortly before the first outbreak of the sleeping sickness, the natives firmly believe that the Mzungu have killed Laquata with the purpose and as the means of making them victims of the dread plague. Of the existence in the lake of such an unclassed reptile, Mr. Hubley considered there was no question. Between the hunting party sighting and the fact that the locals worshipped a lake creature, it definitely makes you wonder whether there could be some truth to it. Things would say, stay silent for three years when Charles William Hubley published an article in the Journal of East Africa, Uganda, Natural History Society, in which he talked about unidentified creatures. He would go on to talk about multiple witnesses to a creature that would come out of the rivers that run directly into Lake Victory, and even describes Bronson's account of the creature. It would not be until 1918 when the Canadian magazine Maclean's reprinted an article that Jordan himself wrote for the Worldwide magazine that the dingo neck would be discussed again. Since the early 1900s, there hasn't been any reported sightings of the creature. That's not to say that people haven't seen it, but perhaps the locals have just accepted its existence. Considering the sighting is thought to bring heavy crops and an increase in livestock, it is likely that locals simply just consider it part of their lives and are happy if it's spotted. All right, so we just heard about the dingo neck. What do you think about it? It's crazy. It's like a huge lion, hippo, something weird animal... Leopard. <laughs> and it seemed to also be able to swim in water because it had a long tail that had a, like a fin on it. Yeah, so it's like a dolphin something. <laughs> it's really weird, right? Yeah. One thing we didn't really talk about in, the, in this was that uh, allegedly, and I still can't find like 100% solid proof on this, 
there were cave drawings found in South Africa, which is extremely far, like thousands of miles away from where the dingo neck was spotted. But the cave drawings look somewhat similar to the descriptions of the dingo neck, which is very interesting because these are like ancient cave drawings. Yeah. Um, Odd. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, could you imagine some old uh, civilization or, you know, like cave people, for instance, uh, painting a picture of this creature that existed back then and then thousands of years later somebody spotting one in the wild with a hunting party. Yeah. Whether Um, it's the same thing or not, we're not sure. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah. Very big. Um, Let's see. So one thing that they also talked about that I left out of the story was that the fangs were so long, they imagined that it could pierce a human all the way through. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, right? And this was, these are fangs that are probably a good solid, like, couple feet long or so. Holy smokes, that's huge. Oh yeah, that animal's huge. Yeah, which is similar to, say, a saber-toothed tiger. Yes. We're estimated that their teeth were pretty long between, like, I think a foot and, like, 18 inches, so. Yeah, it could be, like, an evolution of the saber-toothed tiger. That would be interesting, Talking to the mic better. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I wonder what would lead to a saber-toothed tiger turning into an aquatic armored animal, though. Because they also mentioned it's armored. it was armored like an armadillo. I like armadillos. They're cute. They are cute, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jordan apparently shot... At it with a three oh three round, which if and anyone it said it shot its ear, which just angered it. Yep, it just made it angry. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's very very strange. I wish there was more information about this creature because it's such a like interesting visual. Like it's it's got almost a chimeric uh trait to it where it's a bunch of different animals mixed up. For anyone who doesn't know what a chimera is, it's like a mesh of a uh, a lion, a scorpion, and a uh like a I can't one other thing. Um I think maybe <laughs> like a a a bull or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> Anyways, uh it's very strange. It was basically a lion with a scorpion stinger and it was huge. But this is this was all mythological stuff. So yeah. No one's, I don't think, ever reported seeing a chimera in in <laughs> in the world, but you yeah. never know. But this thing is pretty close. It's oh, weird. Yeah. It's a bunch of different things mixed up in the one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's sort of, like, I saw a picture of it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that thing? Right, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I saw a drawing of like the scorpion tail and the armadillo stuff. No, no, no. The this one doesn't have the scorpion tail. That's oh, the chimera. Right, that's yeah, the you, chimera. You, you saw the the swishy tail. Though, yes, the I saw the swishy tail though. Yeah. Uh yeah, if you go to our website you'll see a couple pictures or you'll see a picture of it. Um uh, and so you'll be able to kind of see what we're referencing. Like um, the best drawing on earth of it. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, yeah. I, it's based entirely off of the description uh, that Jordan gave. So who knows, right? It could have been yeah. a little different. And and humans are fallible, and they'll describe things, like over-describe things, because 
they're in a situation that they're not used to. So it could have simply been some other creature, and he just freaked out and thought it was something else. But but because the locals, for seems like a very long time, have worshipped some sort of creature, a water creature that lives around or in Lake Victoria, which is exactly where they were hunting, makes you definitely wonder if there's definitely some truth to it, right? Yeah. And similarly to Bigfoot here in the U.S. and yes. all the uh, indigenous people here who who have been talking about Bigfoot for years, basically. Like, mm-hmm. it's just no big deal. They're all like, here's Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot. I love Bigfoot. <laughs> are, are you talking as yourself or as the people? As everybody. <laughs> Everyone loves Bigfoot, it's true. Yes. Um, yeah, There's. it's interesting. There's a few key players. You know, it, it's, it had a lifespan of about, I guess, eight years or so where it kind of cropped back up because of the, the article in McLean's. But since then, uh, there really hasn't been any sort of information about it. I searched high and low about recent reports about the dingo neck, and there's absolutely nothing. And, you know, my only real thought is that if it has been spotted, it's probably by the locals who just are like, yeah, so it's just one of the creatures that lives out here. There's a lot more uh, connections to nature, I feel like, out there compared to here where there's only we're just like, like oh a cow it's dinner you know yeah <laughs> i mean we only have like cows and whales we, and we have stuff. a lot we have interesting animals here well, but i yes. mean it's just perspective i'm sure that if somebody who grew up say in australia or africa or something who are used to kangaroos came here and they saw our lives our our uh native animals they would also be like Wow, that's neat, you know. Yeah, I mean, if they've never seen the animals before, and they're mm-hmm. so used to seeing, like, kangaroos or something like that, yeah. and then they come here, and then they're like, what is this animal? Like a bald eagle, for instance. I know people are very enamored by bald eagles. Oh, uh, yeah. In other parts, from other parts of the world, when they come here and they, they see one, they're just like, what is that? They're like, yeah. And, That's and cool. that plays into a lot of this, right? Like you get these experiences where you have people who might not be familiar with some of the native flora and fauna and they see something they've never seen. And there's like, what's the easiest way I can describe this as? I've seen these animals. Here's a thing. I will describe it as a, you know, 15 foot long creature that had mm-hmm. big giant fangs and a head like a lioness and it was armored like an armadillo and it was had a big broad back like a hippo and you know but it also had a fin and tail and it it could s- swim in the water really fine i mean that's a whole lot of weird crazy descriptions yes that's a lot yeah and but when you're in a situation where you've never seen something could be one of those types of things like like people all misidentifying bears because they haven't seen one or or aren't familiar with seeing a bear and and then and, they think it's Bigfoot. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's standing up, they're like, that yeah. a, that's a hairy human. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but nope, it was just a bear, right? Wait, what if people call Bigfoot the hairy human? The hairy human. I, I bet somebody has. There's oh a, yeah. There's a movie called Harry and the Hendersons. Yes. Yep. You need to see that movie. I can't wait to show you that one. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's really it for 
this episode. It's a small one, but that's why we're also doing this bonus episode. So be sure to keep an ear out for that one. It should be coming up probably tomorrow. Uh, well, depending on when you're listening to us, the follow-up day. So it's possible it's already out by the time you listen to this. Um, but next week we will be doing E, and we're going to be talking about the Ibu Gogo. Ibu Gogo, I yep. like that. <laughs> this one's really interesting. Uh, it's a group of small human-like creatures and that may have existed in Indonesia at Ooh. one point. The interesting thing about this one is that... Uh, there's tales about these creatures existing and like stealing food or uh, trying to get help from village from like villagers around the area and the people being totally freaked out. Um, they're about the size of a child and apparently they would try to possibly lure the children away from the village. But I think what it was, if this was true, um, the Ibugogo might have been able to understand or or relate to the children better because they were the same size um so they were trying to maybe get help and you know see about using their tools and things like that so they could better themselves well what ended up happening is that the story as the story goes is that uh the villagers gave them a bunch of um like fuel and stuff like that not real like not like gasoline fuel but like uh, things that can light on fire, and then they went and set the cave on fire. The, the humans went over and set the cave on fire, killing all of them. Yep. So that's the story. Now, what's interesting about it is that... Why? Because humans aren't the best sometimes. Why are these cute little things that have adorable names and they're, like, the Evil size of children? Yeah. We, we don't know. I mean, that's that's the tale, and it's possible that they were freaked out or whatever. Who knows? But um, but recently, there has been excavations and things like that, and mm-hmm. they found evidence of a Homo sapien-like species that was small that lived in the I- Indonesia area. So the Ibu Gogo might have actually been real. Ibu Gogo! Which is crazy, right? I like it. It's yeah. cute. Anyways, that is it for today's show. Keeping an ear out for our first campfire tale. We're really excited. It's about the Love Pass. If you have little ones, be aware that there are some uh, dis- some pretty graphic descriptions of... That can be gross or scary or like yeah. stuff like that. Uh, of humans that were unfortunately found dead in a mountainous region. The reason we're going to go into description about it is because it's important to understand what may or may not have happened to them. So keep an ear out for that. It's a slightly different format. We're excited for you to hear it, and we hope you enjoy it. Uh, anyway, so with that, uh, we will see you next week. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ready? ABC, ABC around. around. ABC Crypto